How many of you guys are Colts fans? Well, please pat yourself on the back for showing up for church because I think it's looking a lot prettier than it is keeping up with my ESPN app that you're better off here praising the Lord than watching the game right now. <laughs> so, uh, want to talk about gates. Brought a gate as a sample here today, uh, brought from Rural King. Uh, and as you know, uh, many of you have livestock or have animals or have dog kennels and and the gates a very important part of it uh, gates in our uh, house we have horses and uh, uh, you put the first picture up there uh, and like uh, this is a bit dated as that's carry uh, there um, with uh, lightning and brandy uh, but those uh, horses they were you know it's always greener on the other side and it wasn't unusual for us uh, next picture uh, to find a horse on the front porch ringing the doorbell uh, saying, why don't you guys give me food or let me in the front door? Uh, or they would, uh, next picture, or wander up, and that's Holly. Woo! Uh, not dated there. Uh, and they'd come up and want to be with the kids. But the thing is, is with animals and gates, a lot of times that's why you get knocks at the door uh, at midnight and say, hey, your horse is on the road. Or you'll drive in your driveway, but before you turn in your driveway, you'll see your two horses over in your neighbor's beautifully manicured golf course type yard, uh, putting divots in it and eating the grass that is greener on the other side. Uh, and, and again, it's no problem tracking the horses down. All you got to do is get a feed bucket and rattle it and they come home and, and then they rip the yard up as they're coming home. Uh, and, and you wonder how they get out. Well. The gate wasn't latched properly, or maybe the horses are Houdinis and jiggle with the chain and finally get it open, or maybe they just knocked the gate down. Uh, but many of you all with animals know the importance of gates. And today in our passage in John 10, and if you got a black Bible, there's Bibles underneath your chair there. I encourage you to open it uh, to John chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible and want to take one home with you, help yourself. But what we see here in John chapter 10 is Jesus is telling us, I am the gate. And that's what it says in the NIV. If you look in another translation, it may say door. So uh, how do we uh, get this and relate Jesus to a gate? And that's what he's telling us in this passage. Because when we see who Jesus is, then you will know who he's calling you to be. So if we could put that quote up, when you know who Jesus is, you'll see who he's calling you to be. See, we need to understand Jesus as a gate, and when we do, then we'll understand how we fit into Jesus's plan. And when we understand what the gate means for us, we'll understand more about our relationship with Jesus. So let the words speak to you that you heard Randy read and you're going to hear me read today and see the power of what Jesus was communicating when he identified himself as the gate. And let's look at some of the things gates do. And when Jesus identifies himself as that ultimate gate, in other words, where he says, I'm the entrance into the kingdom of God, I'm the entrance into the family of God, and I am the interest, entrance into heaven. And Jesus, in his day, 
nearly everyone knew or had sheep or had somebody that had sheep. And in that day and age, it was usually a flock, which is 12 or more. And during the day, the flocks would go out into the countryside and graze. And in the evening, they would be brought back into a sheep pen. Why? Because the sheep had no natural defense mechanisms. In fact, sheep seldom fight each other because they're not aggressive animals and they need protected. But there were robbers that would come in and steal the sheep, as this passage tells us. But what was amazing about the sheep is, is they would recognize their shepherd's voice. So the sheep kind of memorized the frequency of the shepherd's voice. And you can recognize the parallels here between the sheep and the shepherd and, and us as Christians and Jesus uh, as our Savior. So you have the sheep that are helpless, the shepherd whose job it is to protect the sheep from strangers, wolves, robbers, thieves. So looking at John 10, what we understand is, is that we are the sheep, Jesus is the shepherd, Satan is the robber or the thief. And if you want to know more about Satan, we're doing a study on Wednesday night by Tony Evans looking at spiritual warfare where we're looking at how demons and Satan attack the Christians and how the Christians can fight that. But Satan's goal is to ruin your life. Jesus says, if you follow in chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, says, for I am the gate for the sheep. All who come have come before me are thieves and robbers. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come up and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest. Here is Jesus comparing the goodness of God with the evil of Satan. Jesus is saying, we don't need protection from each other. We need protection from the real thief, which is Satan. And Satan hates us because we're created in God's image. And every time Satan sees you, you remind him of God. And we are image bearers of God, which means that we are so valuable. So Satan wants to destroy you. And that's why Jesus goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus is saying here five times in this passage, verse 11, 15, 17, and twice in verse 18, I lay down my life. So this must be important that Jesus lays down his life. And he goes on to say that I laid down my life so, it, so you could be lifted up. So what we're seeing here, especially if you look at John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So that's what we are supposed to do. We're supposed to lift up Jesus Christ. We're supposed to lift up Jesus Christ in our community. Because the promise is, when we lift up Jesus, we draw all men unto ourselves. And we are told to bring people to the gate, to bring people to Jesus. So if Jesus is the gate, what are some of the things a gate does? First of all, a gate provides 
access. How many of you all live or work in a place that you have to have access to get into it? If you're working at a, a military governmental place or, or many factories, I have this badge that I brought back with me many years ago. I went to Corpus Christi Army Depot uh, to do a visit, and that's where they refurbish all the Army helicopters. Uh, they have Marine Corps One and several others of them down there. So uh, I had to have this badge, which I was supposed to turn in, uh, to get in and out. Uh, but it gave me access to anywhere because it was basically a VIP badge. It says no escort required. So you had to be cleared to get in. And, and let me tell you this, if you come to my house, I hope you come through the gate, the front door. Uh, if you're going to try to come through the window, you're going to have to explain yourself. And see, God wants everyone to have access, access to the kingdom of God. Sinners, failures, goof-ups, it doesn't matter. But they have to come through the gate. So the gate gives them access. Also, a gate gives protection. Sometimes you come up to the gate and the gate is closed. And that means stay out. In other words, you won't need to keep away from something because we protect what we value. And that's why our world is filled with gates and fences and walls. Just like since 9-11, you know the threat level changed at all the military bases and government installations where now there are checks that are required. Also, what we see is gates are also provide a place with like-minded people. Now back to kind of a historical context. At the end of the day, as, as darkness was approaching, the shepherd would gather the sheep so they could come back to safety. And that's what Jesus does for us. Jesus provides us a place to live with our people, other Christians, the church, Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we gather together here for a small group or a Bible study, we're gathering together with other believers. And, and we just uh, should be such that we can't wait to get together with other people. Because we love the people of the church. We love the people of God. Where we get down during the week because of all that life throws us, we watch the news, we, we see marriages falling apart, we see kids rebelling, we see people going crazy. So you, you should yearn for the church and to be around your brothers and sisters in Christ, yearning to, to, to be in that corral, that, that fenced-in sheep pen where we're with other believers because we need Jesus' presence as much as... Uh, as we need air to breathe. And we need to walk through that gate of experiencing the safety that Jesus offers to be with God's people. That's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating 190 years of, of Mount Pisgah being a gate. A gate through which people have entered to gain access to Jesus Christ. A place where Christians have gathered for protection. 
a place where we've entered to worship and study the Bible and grow in faith and grow in fellowship. And for over 190 years, this church has been a gate for the community. Mount Pisgah has been here to be able to give the word of Jesus and say, hey, you can walk through this gate and you will be saved and you will be changed. Walk through the gate and join Christ's people and they will help you and they will help you grow. But outside that gate, what we need to understand, there's no guarantee. Outside that gate, which leads into the into God's protection, you're vulnerable. Outside the gate, the thief and the destroyer will come. But the shepherd invites us to walk through that gate no matter how jacked up or crazy you are or how much you have sinned. Also, the gate is a marker that shows possession of the property. So what we see here if you go into a college or a university or many uh, state parks or national parks or hospitals, there'll be a gate that you drive into and it'll say Yellowstone National Park or it'll say, it'll say Franklin Hanover uh, College or the University of Indiana or, or it'll have the name giving the date it was founded and the name of the place. See, when Jesus opens his arms to us, what he's doing is offering entrance. Jesus is saying, now you belong to me. You are my possession. And Jesus guards what his. Jesus protects what he paid for. And that's why you need to walk through the gate. Not just the day you become a Christian, but every single day. To place yourself under the protection of the good shepherd. And, and Jesus is the shepherd who invites every one of us to have intimacy and fellowship with him. Also, the gate is a barrier that protects what's important and guards what is good. Don't you protect what you value? Why is it there's so many commercials for ADT and home alarm systems right now? Because people don't want anyone hurting their family. We want our family to be protected. We want what's valued to be protected. Do you see how much Jesus values you? He came down to die for you in all your sinfulness. And Jesus wants to protect you, but you need to walk through that gate. See, for the sheep, the pen was built so that the thief and the robbers couldn't come over the walls. It kept the wolves out. The gate and the pen says, you stop right there because that flock inside those walls, inside that gate belongs to me. The gate also allows you to live in safety and freedom. We might think that gates are restrictive, but gates are good. A fence and a pen is good. It really doesn't restrict. Do you remember the studies done of, uh, of children's and schools' playgrounds where they were fenced in and the kids would be playing and they'd run right up to the fence? 
But then the experiment involved taking the fences down. And what they discovered when they took the fences down, the kids would huddle near the center of the playground because that fence represented security and now it was gone. So they basically stayed closer around the group. Another comparison I have is of something that is that produces safety and freedom is what's on my finger. Uh, it's a wedding band. Now, to the single people, they may say, well, that's so restricting. But to me, a wedding band does not restrict me. A wedding band does not limit my joy, but it expands my joy. A wedding band doesn't limit my fun, but it means I have fun with the very best friend I have. A wedding band doesn't mean you can't enjoy anything good. It means you can enjoy the best goodness God has ever given you or me. You shouldn't look at the wedding band and say, that's restricting my freedom. But you should see it and say, I love my husband or my wife. The wedding band doesn't hold you down. It lifts you up. It gives you joy. So when Jesus invites us to walk through that gate, Jesus doesn't want to restrict us or tie us down. Jesus wants to liberate us, to, to set us free. But the gate also, the gate is beautiful and flexible. See, Jesus, with that gate... He needs to let us know that it's open. And what I mean by it's open is that gate is open to outsiders. Every human being is an outsider to the kingdom of God when they're born. Because we're born into sin. So the gate is open to all people. And Jesus is calling for, for all sinners to come home. And Jesus opens the gate for every single one of us, and all are welcome to become children of God. But also, the gate is closed. It becomes closed to intruders. It becomes closed to Satan. It becomes closed to people that reject Jesus Christ. See, we are people that should be longing for a place that we can come to where it feels like the world around us is burning down, we know that we can come in the, the gate and have the safety behind that gate within the walls of the church, where outside there's death and destruction, but inside there's safety. See, everyone needs to see also that the gate is open and that the shepherd is calling their name. Now, this is kind of a... Uh, of an illustration for you, but it's really not accurate biblically. Because in biblical times, you had the pen with the walls, but there really wasn't a gate. The gate was actually the shepherd who slept across the threshold of the opening. So after he counted the sheep, knew them by name, and knew they were all in there safely the shepherd would lay down on the threshold of the gate to keep the sheep in and the predators out. Maybe that's why five times Jesus says, I lay down my life, I lay down my life, 
I lay down my life, I lay down my life, I lay down my life. Because the good shepherd was the gate. And he was willing to do that. And because he did that for us, we need to remember also from John 12 that he calls us to be people that, that basically lift our lives up. That we are people that are, are lifting up Jesus by the way we live day by day. The way we live our lives each and every day. Because we need to be people that understand that, that God has got a plan for us. Not only to bring us into safety, but also to be people that understand that he is the gate. Because when we understand that he's a gate, then we see who Jesus is, and then we can know what he's calling us to be. So where are you in your walk? I hope you look at your life and you understand, and you've made that decision to go through that gate. And now that you're in that church family and part of that flock that you understand all the benefits that come from that gate. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for being a God that is there for us. We thank you that we are able to be people that are able to understand the blessings we have, that the gate gives us access and protection. It puts us with people that are believers like us and Let's just know that we're God's possession and we have a, a freedom that only you can give through being your sheep. And now we just give you the praise and thanks. It's in your name we pray.